Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, film enthusiasts and newcomers alike, prepare for a cinematic journey like no other. Grab some popcorn, dim the lights, because it's about time you watch this. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's About Time You Watch This. It's Chris. And Josh. Oh, he's getting spooky. Ah, just a bit. I love it. Now, normally with a horror movie like this, I would have waited until... Is it horror? Is it fully horror? Not not fully. Horror comedy. I would have waited until October because that's officially the spooky season and we will do a couple more as we get closer to Halloween. Yeah. Um, I've got one in particular we will be doing for a Halloween show. Mm. which you dropped to me off mic earlier, and yeah. I went, whoops. what? The fact that you haven't seen Hocus Pocus. Yeah, whoopsie days. Like, so that will be our Halloween episode this year, but cool. spooky mode for me kicks off August. Like, I'm I'm, love I'm, I'm officially in spooky season already, so <laughs> I wanted to get straight into this because this is one of my favourite movies. Today we are doing the Peter Jackson-directed Michael J. Fox starring... The Frighteners. Frank Bannister had a remarkable ability. Psychic investigator? To communicate with the dead. You, you could see spirits? Emanations are normally confined to cemeteries. And an uncanny knack. We're going to scare the living daylights out of your parents. <gasps> for making a profit off the living. But now, some things put the fear of death in the living. What is happening to me? And send the dead. Yes! Running for their lives. The Frighteners. Chris, I gotta ask. Yes. You said this last week that it was one of your favorites. You yep. said it just then. Yep. Where are we sitting it? In like what bracket of number? Like it's top, in the top 20 10. or whoa. It's in the top ten. Okay, it wasn't expected. Probably that. probably to the bottom end of the top ten. All right. Probably around I'd say probably around again, as you know, I have a different favourite movie every time you ask. Yes. Like, I, I can't definitively rate my favourite movies. This one would sit around the 9, 10 spot. That's not bad. I mean, like, out of every single movie in the, on the wor- in the world, like, yeah. now, it's th- pretty good. Now, again, like, as with most of mine, it's there's a bit of nostalgia factor into it. And, you know, I watch it, probably watch this movie a lot younger than I should have. Yep. Um I was probably 9 or 10 when I first watched this movie. That's... Now, that's interesting, because one of the things, before we get into our little segments and stuff... I need to ask, because the way that this movie was done was it was originally set out to be a PG film, but then got changed to like an R rating. Well, I think when it was written, I'd say Peter Jackson, when they wrote it, I think intended it for it to be like a more of a darker movie. Right. But then obviously they wanted it to be a PG-13 over in the States so that Mm. they could make more money out of it. Right. Um, so he cut a lot of scenes and changed a lot of stuff to try and get it down, but still couldn't. So it was but still, still couldn't. And so because of some of the stuff that happens towards the third act and stuff, yeah. I'm like, who is this movie meant to be for? Because like some of the dialogue, it seems a little bit too dumbed down to be like something for adults, but then it gets serious enough that you wouldn't think it was for kids. Well, I think that's a Peter Jackson thing because there's another movie he did in the 80s called Bad Taste. Now, I've, I've not, heard of that. I know you won't have seen it, but it is... I've heard of it. It is full sort of like over-the-top, gross-out... Right. Um, ...alien space movie. Like, it's... I need to it's, watch this. All New Zealand actors. <laughs> um, it's very, very funny. We used to, Me and my mates used to watch it when we were, like, 18 and, and having a few drinks. Mm-hmm. Like, very, very funny stuff. Um, but very over-the-top, like, gross-out sort of stuff. And I think right. this is a... 
scaled back version of that. Like the humor is still there. Okay. But he wanted to go more horror and more like bigger. Mm-hmm. And that that's where I sort of see this. I, I sort of see it aimed at that sort of maybe 18 to 25 sort of age bracket. That's interesting. I don't like know. with that that juvenile humor there that, you know, Mm. You know, I still laugh at yeah. six, but because um, what did you think? What did you think of it when you were when you had watched it that young? Oh, I was terrified, terrified by it. Like, <laughs> but I loved. Was it something that no, you wouldn't you wouldn't have set out to be like? I'm going to watch that movie. Was it something? Yeah. That, did no, you? No, this was a. I saw the car- the cover at the video store back when we had a, a family video land in Colac, and oh, I um, missed the that. cover of and, and it's such a simple. Uh, stated cover, and I think it's pro- half the problem with the marketing in this movie is the cover is just a ghost face coming through the cover, like Which a skeleton face. Which isn't even in the movie. No, it's not in the movie at all. And that's Peter, so, J- Peter Jackson actually had a lot of issues with the marketing uh, in the movie right. that way. But as a kid who mm. loved ghosts and spooky stuff, and you know, were you a Casper kid? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but Casper was probably yeah, probably Casper would have been the last sort of kitty kitty movie that I really, really loved, loved, I reckon. Right. As a as a spooky kid. But like <laughs> I was I was a kid that, you know, when I was eight, ten, I was doing trigger treating. Right. Here in Australia, in a small country town. Like got more <laughs> Getting shut turned up. down by probably like ninety five percent of people. <laughs> yeah. Like, whereas you look at it now and look, yeah, I've probably in our town probably I've probably had quite a bit to do for that. But maybe. Um but like every second house decorates now, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so like the, the cover, just I was like, I have to watch that movie. I have yeah, to see fair. that movie. And it was only rated M, like so it wasn't yeah. a. But it's it is very heavy for a ten year old to. Yeah. You know, some exactly. of the scenes still sort of freak me out, and I'm you know a bit older now. That like. shocked me. Look, let's get into the let's get into the categories. So, um, first the category: synopsis. opening thoughts and synopsis. So, so it's about Michael J. Fox plays a character by the name of Frank. Yes. And he's kind of a con man in a way, but he's kind of doing it for a good purpose. And because the thing is, Michael J. Fox in this movie, he can see ghosts. Yeah. Which comes after a car accident that he has, which then kills his wife. Yeah. And, 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 and it's told that, you know, when you have a traumatic experience like that or a near experience, it does unlock ability, like, yeah. you know, your brain to be able to yeah. see other things. And so he then sees ghosts and he befriends some of these ghosts and he sets up this business of, like, kind of being a side ghostbuster in a way. Yeah. And he makes a profit off he, of yeah, it he's to basically try and build a dodgy house. ghostbuster. He sends exactly. his ghostmates around to freak people out. He goes and exactly. clears them out for money. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. so he's doing that for a living, but then all of a sudden he visits a house and a marking shows up on the forehead of one of the owners of the house. Freaks him out. Which like, freaks him on? out. Doesn't understand. Anyway, plot continues. He still goes by his day. But then things start to ramp up when more people in the town start dying. And we soon later figure out that it's because of death or yes. who we think is who death. Who we think is death, but it's actually a serial killer that's come back uh, to continue his killing spree yes. from before he was executed for Many a years murder. later. Um so first couple of minutes of this movie, fairly intense. What were your thoughts in that first opening scene before we even get to the Frighteners logo reveal? Yeah. That first five minutes, it's nuts. It like, just went boom, where someone might die. I don't know who this person is. That's how majority of horror yeah, movies start. Yeah. But um, I was very intrigued as to what to know what was going on. Um, the 
sadly, because of when it was made, you know, visual effects still finding their footing. However, yeah. what um, they we'll accomplished... We'll talk about that because the, the visual yeah. effects story for this movie is pretty cool, but yeah. What they accomplished was really good, but I just knew that, okay, we're in this era, we're in this time, I know what to expect for the rest of the visual effects. There might be a couple here and there that surprise me, but... But it is very... It's sort of a bit B-movie, bit... Very rubbery. Yeah. I, I listened to another review and they that was the word they used. I'm like, yeah, that, that yeah, makes sense. Um, but... And then the music, because Danny Elfman's name came up yes. in the credits, and he does a lot of Tim Burton's music, co-collaborated with him. Did the Simpsons theme song? I didn't actually know that. Did you not know no, that? Yeah, Danny, Danny Elfman composed the Simpsons theme song. Hell yeah, that yeah. makes him even cooler. Um, um, no, did so, Nightmare Before Christmas, which yeah. is yeah, my that that is in my top three Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, you've seen that, yes? Yes. Well, well I had to no check. Tommy said Hocus Pocus. I had to check. Like, uh, but um, but realistically, if you ask a kid, hey, uh, this movie or this movie, and it's Hocus Pocus or Nightmare, you, they're probably going to oh, say Nightmare. Not before Christmas. Oh, um, oh, actually, interesting to see that split now. But yeah, so, yeah, so it's, um, we're right into it, and I wasn't expecting him to, because now that's four people. You said yeah. three last week. So we've got, yeah, I even forgot to mention that last week. So you've got uh, Robert Zemeckis, who was a producer on this, who Peter Jackson sent the script to and he yep. loved it and said, oh, I'm going to help you make this get made. Yep. Um, and you got Peter Jackson You got himself. Peter Jackson who this was prior to Lord of the Rings, but this is what almost sets him up towards Lord of the Rings. Yep. Uh, you got Michael J. Fox who's Michael my J. Man, Fox. My man. And Danny Elfman doing the music. Like this is a all-star film, really. It's like, like it's, it's hard like to see how this colliding. was a miss. Yeah. Because they've all got it's their own. It's a perfect own, storm. They've like, all got their own little spots here and there with different yeah. groups. And you pluck them all out of their groups and, and smack, smack them together, them together, and you get this really cool movie. Yeah, which should have been bigger. All right, next category: best scenes, favorite scenes. What I've have you got, got? A fair few. I'll just go from yeah, go. start to finish. So I'll in because I've got a couple. I reckon they're probably on your list as well. Frank's scene in the house when we first get properly introduced, and he oh, goes and to we, the yeah, house, and he's and, being a bit like you, you see him being very cheesy and very ooh, yeah. I can see ectoplasm or like yeah, yeah. playing up to what people expect from a Ghostbuster. Yeah, and that was very yeah. very funny um, to see him do that. I just where well, he's in, he's I'll save it for one of our ooh, latest. Okay, lists. okay, don't worry about it. Um, but intrigued? No, I just love him. <laughs> I just love him. Um, then that. The house owners, one the lady oh, yeah. becomes yep. the love interest, love interest in the movie in the because her partner Ray dies. Is the, is the one that he sees the number in his forehead. Yes, and, and so that's when one. we get introduced to that concept. Which at first I was like, "What's with the numbers?" I was like, "Was he born like that number out of all yeah. the humans on the planet?" That doesn't like, make well, sense. Anyway. Yeah, and that's we we learn more about that. <laughs> but it is a it's an intriguing it's premise a for a film. Yeah. So basically, to explain that before we go any further is. Uh, when the serial killer is alive, he kills 12 people. Yeah. Because he wants to be more famous than other serial killers. And so like, he makes it. Stark where they got 11, I got 12, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he continues his killing spree in the afterlife. Yeah. So that's the number in the head is how many people he's up to. So Which is you know, really, you see number really 37 cool. in Ray's head. Yep. And that's he's about to be the 37th person the ghost kills. Yeah. But we don't know that yet. So no, the movie so. keeps going, all that kind of stuff. However... There wasn't a favorite scene in there because it then jumped to when we find out Ray is dead. Yep, and it's the first uh, confrontation between him and Frank after that's happened, and it's just really funny to see Ray's reaction to all of that. They then go to his funeral. <laughs> Ray at cries. his funeral is, is and he's probably, he's probably in it. 
It's odd to say that in a movie with Michael J. Fox that that character is the comic relief. Yeah. But he sort of is. Yeah, he um, definitely is. Like when he's at his funeral and everyone there that is trying to think of nice things to say about this guy at his funeral and he's he like, can't. it's so true, he wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. It's like <laughs> he, he has that, so, he's so self-absorbed even when he's dead. Like yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's funny. Um, I do need to pitch in and say, though, it's really odd, and it happens in a lot of movies, mm. I've now realised, like, how quickly someone will get over their ex or partner and I then hook up with the main well character. Because it feels like it's only, like, two days before... They met. They they Michael met. and... Uh, what's her name? Uh, her name is Lucy in the, in Lucy, the movie. Yep. Lucy and Frank yep. met, like... Two days ago, and, and then, then her all husband of a sudden, died in the middle of there, and then by the end of the movie, they're shacked up. Like on what earth, anyway? Yeah, that it, just seems so that was what, one of my only problems. Yeah, with the no, movie. it's probably I had that as well. One of my favorite scenes, and I reckon you're about to get to this one, is the museum scene. Oh, I've got two before that. Oh, okay. The bathroom scene when they're at the restaurant. So Frank yep. takes Lucy to out dinner, dinner to, to explain. But no, also, he can see Ray and yeah, and so they messages. have a talk. It reminded me of the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Yeah, and how the yeah. Anyway, and then he go. Frank goes to the bathroom, and this is when we first properly see Death yeah. kill someone. Comes in and does like what Amal Ram does in Temple of Doom and sticks <laughs> his hand the, in yeah, and squeezes pulls, the heart and, and pulls, yeah, the soul pulls the soul out. out. But that was really um, scary to see, and then. Um, we get the introduction to heaven comes yes. in. There's a beam up to heaven and you can either choose to go to heaven or stay, or stay and, on And earth. he says that to Ray. He says, yeah, you'll get another chance and in a year's time to yep. go through. Otherwise you'll stay here and you'll decompose. But that's probably one thing this movie does really, really well is explains the rules of all that. Yep. A lot of movies don't. Even yep. The Sixth Sense, like, and we talked about that on the show, um, like Halle Joel Osment sees dead people, but you don't understand how he sees it, why he sees it, what's triggered it, how that's come about. Whereas this has, you know, it do, says, does that so well. Like it says, after you have a traumatic, traumatic experience, experience you, you can, can see. But then dead explains, people. you know, yeah, like going to heaven, how yep. that all operates. Like it, it's, yeah, it, it works. They, they do dive right into it, which is unusual. Um, and then we see a flashback to um, Frank and his wife in the car accident. So this is what sets everything off yeah. is they're driving on down there having an argument and Frank crashes the car his wife dies and then that's when he gets the ability to see all the yeah. dead people yep. and but after that is when more people start to then die off yeah. um and that's what one other question I did have after watching this and it, again it's only when I start watching the, these movies for the podcast I start asking more questions so I'm mm. blaming the podcast for ruining some of my movies for me but fair enough how long so obviously Patricia was 15 when the mass shooting took place. Mm-hmm. How long between that and Frank Bannister and his and his wife dying? How long between victim yeah. 12 and the mass shooting and 30? Because she is much older then. That is actually a really bizarre like the question. time frame. Like what the, was the, he? Did he just take the time off or something? The, the take a while for the ghost to come back. Like what was? That's there bizarre. was no. Is that when she? Because we find out later that she's got Johnny's ashes. Patricia keeps Johnny's ashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Is it maybe that she didn't have them until then? That's when she managed to get them. That doesn't like, make sense. Yeah, and like that—that that was one plot hole. I was like, the time jump there just seemed odd. Because if he was mm. going to continue his killing spree, you'd think he'd do it straight away, yeah, not waiting. Seeing what kind of character he is later, and how quickly the deaths start ramping up. Like you're up to thirty-seven. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, how long has it been since Frank's wife has died? Like, there's no time frame there of how that happened. Bro, was just taking a vacation. Anyway, the next yeah. one is the museum, so you... So the museum scene I love because that's where Frank's about to be arrested because I think he's committed all these murders and death is there. It's trying to kill the reporter. Mm -hmm. Um, And just as it's about to kill, I think it was about to kill the reporter or Frank, one of the two, the judge comes in shooting. And I love the judge. We haven't mentioned these guys yet. We haven't mentioned the other ghosts. And the the three ghosts that live with Frank are comic relief, but the judge is my favourite and played by a really famous actor and you're going to kick yourself if you don't realise who that is. I like his face seems, but under that prosthetic too, I just uh, so his that jaw. So that is John Aston. <laughs> John Aston played Gomez in the original Adams Family in the sixties. Yeah, he doesn't look okay. So he's John Aston. He's still alive. So he's ninety three. Wow. Um, he's Sean Aston, as in Sam from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and here's a bit of connection there. Here's his stepfather. Oh. Um. So I was going to get into this later, but I'll, I'll, I'll share this fact now because this is a this is a really interesting fact I found. So, Sean Aston, yeah, obviously Sam from Lord of the Rings. He was in uh, Stranger Things as well. Goonies. He was born Sean Patrick Duke. Uh, his mother was actress Patty Duke. At the time of his birth, his biological father was believed to be entertainer Desianas Junior. But Aston discovered through a DNA test in the nineties that his biological father is music promoter Michael Tell. Uh, who was married to Patty Duke in 1970. Sean was raised by his stepfather, actor John Aston, who married Patty Duke in 1972, whose surname Sean then took. Whoa. So can you imagine being a kid and finding out that your stepfather is Gomez Adams, for starters, but that is then a link because obviously because <laughs> obviously Sean Aston then goes to star in Lord of the Rings with Peter Jackson a few years later. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a story I never would have known. But the judge is, he's one of my favourite characters in okay. this movie. And he comes in guns a blazing, gets rid of death for a little bit. Then there's a scene that I laugh at, even though I'm not 12 years old anymore. Mm. That's where he sees the mummy. He's like, good teeth. I like that in a woman. <laughs> and then he starts humping the mummy through the, the <laughs> sarcophagus. And it's so dumb, but it's just something that makes me, even now, I giggle at it every time. I'm just like, that's pretty funny. Like, Oh, man. But then we lose the judge after that, and they try and escape the Reaper. So yep. he take, Michael J. Fox takes the reporter, puts her in the car. The Reaper's chasing them because he, mm-hmm. she's his next victim. He's already marked her. And, like, the sigh coming through the roof of the car into Looking Michael J. Fox. Like, Looking under his neck. They have the oh, car accident in the same spot that he had the car accident with his wife. Yep. Um, and then the reporter is murdered and she, cause he, she tries to escape cause she thinks Annis is trying to kill her. Yep. The ghost gets her, kills her. She goes off to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole scene is, is probably my standouts. One of the, probably the standout scene for me in the movie. Like Fair I enough. love that scene. It is one of the big set pieces. I think though, the, um, one for me is the hospital one, but there's some yes, more actually, in sorry, between yes. that though. The interrogation scene yes. when, so Frank gets taken in. Because they think he's they think he's done everybody. it, and a character who we haven't mentioned yet is oh, F- the FBI, FBI agent. Dharma. Yes. yes, what a character! Yes, my a very God. intense character. <laughs> he's very very funny and very like misplaced. Yeah. from 
what is going on. He, he reminds me Up of... Up until that point, the movie still feels fairly... Serious. I know it sounds weird to say about a ghost movie, but it's, it's, it feels fairly grounded. And it's... It, it, it is. It is a very grounded movie yeah, with even, supernatural even things Even with this happening. stuff ha- happening, like, as it gets further... It's like through, Poltergeist. It's, yeah, it still feels fairly grounded towards the end of it as well. But, yeah, you're right. That, that interrogation scene and we sort of learn how he's... He's so intense but sort of crazy at the yeah. same time. We don't learn more about him till a little bit later on. But. I love Michael throughout that and then him throughout uh, later on when he's actually in his jail cell and he's just so closed off. Yeah. And I actually oh. felt like in those moments that I knew Michael personally and he was a friend who had just <laughs> shut me out and I was just – I feel so bad. He did it so well. I think – Okay. Now, this is going to be a controversial thing I'm about to say. Oh, no. I think this might be one of Michael J. Fox's best roles. I can agree with you. Um, like like you, I love Back to the Future. It is, yeah. it is a, it's a, my a favorite, timeless classic. Favorite, favorite movie. But the range that he shows in this movie, the amazing, the, the acting chops. He, um, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. He is a reactor. Yeah. He doesn't just act like anyone else would, but he fully reacts to everything. Like if he's running down a corridor, which he does several times in this movie, yep. he would turn the speed of his run up just that much so that he can accidentally take one step too much, Bumping hit a wall, wall, bounce off to it, and do like a full 360 around. Like I know if I was running down a corridor, there's no way I'm going to be running in a straight line and no. know exactly where I'm going. He will like... And like there but were he moments, dials that up to this eleven in this movie. He like, does, and there were there were lines in it where he's like, "Let's go this, no, let's go that way." Yeah. But it actually seemed like he those weren't in the script, no, and he was just like, like "Let's him. go this," and yeah. then he was like, "No, wait, no, let's go the actual that way. way that they were yeah. meant to go." And it just he's such a reactor. Like when the ghost's face threw him and stuff. Oh, it and just, he like sort of shudders. It was some of the best which again special effects work, and that's like that the acting on that is perfect. He, like it's he he has two of those like. I've seen in many movies ghosts yeah, go see, through you people. You see that in a lot of horror movies, yeah. But that was just one of the best reactions yeah, to it agreed. I've ever seen. So next segment, what the fuck moment. Uh, the <laughs> only one I have for this is when she shoots off the FBI agent's head. So they're running through the hospital trying to get Johnny's ashes into the church so that he Yeah, the hospital over. scene is another great one. Well, so this much part where – so uh, Patricia's chasing them through the hospital with a shotgun. The FBI agent's there. Michael J. Fox falls backwards and falls through the floor to dodge her. But Not going to sh- lie. That actually I was – that took me a second bit, to yeah, be like, like, wait, oh, he just yeah. fell through three, three stories, stories and got straight back up. Yeah. But she shoots off the FBI agent's head and it's one of those things where you're like, whoa, what shit, that's over – like the head explodes. Like it's it's gory and that's, that's Peter Jackson going back to bad taste. That's the sort of yep. shit you see, but it was very practical. It wasn't yeah. CGI. But – it's one of those things, re-watching this movie, like even when I was younger, I didn't really notice it because the ghost head pops up straight away, so you don't yeah. think too much. No. But watching it last night, I was like, holy shit, like that's... And that's where that line is drawn, That what I said at the start yeah, of like, the third act which really, audience is this for? Yeah, the third act really ramps that shit up. So. It's also in this third act, I realised, like, because Michael does a lot in the Back to the Future yeah. movies of like being action heavy and does stuff. But in this one, like there's a scene where he's holding... F- like he's shooting fake guns yeah. and he's running around and he's doing all this stuff. I'm like, he's the action star that we never fully got. Like if he had done so many more action that's roles what, like this. And that's what I mean. If he hadn't have gotten sick and had more 
of an opportunity to do that stuff. He would have been amazing. Yeah. I never realised like how much fun it is to see Michael J. Fox do run action. around and do more of this heavy action stuff. All right. Next segment. You can't do that anymore. Oh, hold on. I so have I'm trying to like... make musical little stings now until someone <laughs> makes them for us. Again, we said this last yeah. week. If you if you're keen to make some little musical stings before we get around to doing it, feel free and you can email them through to us. But I'm going to make up little musical. I've got some now, more for WTO. Oh, okay. Um, yes. The 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 mum has Frank's knife. Now this oh, yes. part this part shocked because it is set up that Frank Frank's a handyman and he does work yep. and he has a toolbox on him all the time. And so that was in the car when he crashed with his wife. And his wife died, yep. And so people are like, oh, well, she had a cut on her head and all this kind of stuff that happened afterwards. Frank must have done it. The they knife think he was, did it because the knife was missing. Yeah, they never it was the never found and... again. But then Lucy is snooping around in the crazy lady's house yes. and finds the knife there. And in is her like, mother's closet and is like, oh, my oh God, my the God. old lady is the reason. Yep. Like, she's the killer. But then another WTF moment is, wait. The daughter was the bad guy this whole time? So that's when we learn. So she goes back downstairs and she's like, we've got to get you out of this house. We've got it, you know. And she's like, oh, oh, yeah, no, just wait. Mother's Mother said we should go to the police. We just have to wait for her. And she's planning on killing Lucy. Lucy sneaks off on her, goes up to the mother's room and says, come on, Mrs. You know, Mrs. Bradley, we have to go. Turns around and the she's mom is the mum's dead on the bed like, Butchered on the bed. And Butchered. again, it's a big dolly shot, quick zoom in, yep. catches you by surprise. Oh, yeah. Um, and you're like, what it. the? Again, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Um, and that's, you know, then we learn that, yeah, Patricia is working with the mm-hmm. ghost. It's the ghost of her ex boyfriend. And that that shocked the hell out of me. Because just the, and because then we learned that after the car crash happened, then her and her boyfriend were there and that's they were the, the ones who put the and, carving yes. in and so that's, that's why when, the knife that's is when there. The, the, they started killing again. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, my God. And then my final one for that was the FBI agent was a Nazi. Oh, yes. Oh, um, what? You see it on his hand, you see the tattoo, and she freaks out. She's like, what? Yeah. And he was like. I freaked out. And that's when he turns around and goes, yeah, I actually, you know, I've spent all this time in cults and, um, so he's been, he's an FBI agent, but he's been working undercover in all these cults and stuff to yep. research the paranormal. And he's got scars all over his body. He's got pentagrams carved into him and tattoos, mm-hmm. and he is a you know, he's been driven mad by his he's time a bit undercover. Crazy. He's very very crazy at this point. I was trying to figure out who he was, and then I realized I haven't seen these movies yet. But he's the protagonist in the Reanimator franchise. Yes, so I was like, Jeff- oh yes, of Jeffrey course. Combs is his name, and he got this role because Peter Jackson was such a huge fan of the Reanimators. Huh? That was how he was cast in this movie. There you Peter go. Peter Jackson wanted him for this role and gave him full style control over that character, like the head, all that stuff was a choice, and it was his choice because Peter Jackson wanted him in this movie so much. That makes sense, and it, I guess it kind of makes sense why some of that character is just like departed from the movie because yeah. it's just so different. It's so different. And that's... Um, okay, now onto right. the... You can't do that anymore. Nope. That's that's my little stinger. I like it. Um, so <laughs> Lock it in. I only had one for this. I don't know if you had anything. I don't actually Didn't really have, have anything. I don't think I had any. So the one I had was the mass shooting scene in the hospital, which is the flashback. So we see... Oh, John, fair enough. Mainly because in this day and age, especially over in the US, when we're seeing these sort of things happen on a daily basis yeah. now, it seems... Um, I just don't think you would see that as a plot device for a movie anymore. That that's Not a really. comedy almost. Like it w- wouldn't feature in a movie like this anymore. 
maybe like a serious like yeah in like, like an, an action, Oppenheimer style in an action film action film or like a real drama but not in however a, though I wonder if it it made the movie more interesting I think I think it did like because it, it's, it's pulled it serves the movie but I just a don't lot of know things from different areas yeah I just don't know if you would see that happen now like and it wouldn't happen when, when the movie was released it wasn't released in Tasmania. Here in Australia, right? Because of the because uh, yeah. of the Port Arthur massacre that actually happened earlier the same year. It was nineteen ninety six. Jesus. So and they deemed the storyline to be too similar to what had actually happened. Fair enough. So it didn't screen that, which actually surprised me when I look back at it now. I go because I, I was only again I was eight nine when that happened. Um, I remember when that happened and the like the mood of the country when that happened. And yep. I, I'm actually surprised this movie was released in Australia at all. Fair enough. Um, like DVD released down the track, yes, but yeah. cinema released that same year. Actually, now that I think about it, really shocks me. Right. Um, but that's probably the only thing. I reckon if you were to remake this movie now, like there'd be nothing in there that you would have to – maybe the Nazi stuff. Yeah, the only movie that can kind of get away with Nazi stuff now is just Indiana Jones. Basically. Inglorious Bastards. Or, yeah, that too. Like something that actually... Or Jojo like, Rabbit as well. Oh, yeah. Jo- oh, Jojo. I love Jojo. Jojo. So much. Oh, Jojo. Um, love that movie. Has Georgie... Georgie? Has Geordie seen that? Um, I can't remember whether she watched it with me or not. I don't think <gasps> she did. Or she might have. She might have. I can't remember. We'll see. I might have made her watch that after I watched it. Fair enough. Um... But no, this. But movie, I think like that's probably yeah. Those things are probably the things that you probably wouldn't see, especially if, the Nazi stuff now with what's yeah. happening in, again. What's happening in the US currently, yeah. and even here in Australia, we're seeing a bit of these fucking lunatics running around with it on. Like, if um, this if this mo- movie was remade, I would like to see it only for the updated visual effects because. I, I don't want to yeah. see them recast. No, but, you can't recast as much. And like the, you only, need the, the only thing storm. that needs to be fixed yeah, is, is the visual, the visual effects. effects. Like it's a if, perfect story. Peter Jackson would have the masters to this, and they would have the archival footage in the vaults. Surely they could go back. Peter Jackson, with all his money after Lord of the Rings, now could go back to this movie and do a director's director's cut <laughs> and uh, and work with Weta now because obviously Weta yeah, who he worked with with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, this yeah. was their first sort of foray into special effects, working on this film. Yes. Going back to them now and saying, right, let's redo this with today's visual effects. Keeping George the, Lucas style. George Lucas style like he did with Star Wars. Um, and give it a re-release as a Michael J. Fox film now. That'd actually be insane. Because I don't want them to make it again because no, you can't I, do I, it without I, Michael. I, I feel like you could if, if they if Hollywood went that way, you could. But I don't yeah. think you could. I don't know who you would put in that lead role nope. that would have that. I know Hollywood would be like, Chris Pratt. Um, no, but I don't why? think I don't think there's anyone now that has. Actually, no, I take that back. You know who I would like to, if they did make a remake of this. You know who I could see cast: who? Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Have you seen any of It's Always Sunny? No, but I've seen the Mario oh, Char- movie. <laughs> yeah, well, he was um, he was in. What about Horrible Bosses? Have you seen Horrible Bosses? No. <sighs> I don't think what else off the top of my head that he's been. I know he, who he is. He he would do this role really well, I reckon. He's probably the only person I could think that could pull off the the charm. The manic. The, the swami charm a bit that Michael J. Fox has in it. Fair. But again, I don't want to see that happen. I'm no, just saying me if either. they did. But Peter Jackson, if you're listening, because I know Peter Jackson, obviously world famous director, big listener of this podcast. Uh <laughs> if you are listening, we're the ones giving you this, this idea. We'd like yep. to be uh, at least thanked in the in the credits. Uh, maybe you could digitally insert us into the film as cameos. That'd actually be insane. I'm happy for that to happen. Like I know there's a lot of talk about you know being digitally scanned and stuff with AI and the writer strike at the moment. But oh, yeah. you know, um, 
yeah, I, I'd be happy to be put into this movie. Yeah. Um, even if we do a little cameo like you did in the movie, where maybe, not, yeah, not, where the, maybe, not, not maybe, Chris Peter, where maybe <laughs> we could do a post-credit scene. Oh my god! Yeah, hey. there you go, Peter Jackson. Just we're waiting for your phone call. I um, think though, I think this movie does have a potential for a sequel with different characters and to like spread the world apart more. So only, not not set it now, the only, set it back the then. The only way but, I would allow it. No, I think if you can do it, you have to set it now. Really? But the only way I'd allow it is with a Michael J. Fox cameo as Frank. True. And I don't know if you'd get that, but I, I think that's the only way you could do it. Sort of like what they're planning on doing with Twister. How there's a new Are Twister. Are they doing it? No, they're not. Yeah, they're doing a sequel called Twisters, but they're not having any of the original cast. It's a separate, like you're saying, like it's a separate world-building type thing, I think. If you could see me right now, I'm um, leaning back in my chair. He's very upset. Because... Twisters, really? They just put slapped an S on the end of yeah, that. Yeah, basically, pretty much. Well, I um, mean, Alien did it, but Aliens was good. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't think Twisters is going to be very good. But anyway, far out. Time for your standout <laughs> actor. Gonna fight like a massive tornado. <laughs> Shoot her with a gun or something. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> uh, all right, favorite actors. Now, okay. I know you're going to go straight to Michael J. Yeah, Fox. Yeah, I am. Take him out of the equation. Because we know he's a standout. Like, it's yes. Michael J. Fox. He's, he good is, in, he's, he's not bad in anything. It's Michael J. Fox. It has to be, well, maybe the Stuart Little 2 and 3, if yeah, he even if he was, was in if that. If he did do the voice. Did he do I'm that? Sure. I'll look at it know, while I'm talking. Um, um, if you take him out of the equation, who would you say standard actors? Uh, definitely FBI agent. Yep, so Jeffrey Combs as, as Agent Dahmer's. Yeah, I definitely. had him down as well. Because he, had... he, he is the standout. Like, well, he's, he's a character that doesn't seem to fit in the movie at all, but, but he's there. There's other, like, John Aston as the judge, as I mentioned. I love the judge. I love that character, and I love John Aston. I think that's, mm. he's he's a really good one. Um, but also, the like, the ghosts in general. Um, so you've got the two other ghosts. Oh, um, all the ghosts are funny. The Black Disco ghost and the nerdy, you know, Archie ghost, for lack of a better term. He reminds me of, like, the Archie comic. He seemed way too old to, to play a, a high school. Yeah. Also, Michael J. Fox was in Stuart Little 3. What is happening? Oh, really? Come on, Michael. You're better than what that. What is happening? Um... But yeah, no. Um. Anyway, and the drill sergeant. I drill love the drill sergeant. <laughs> the drill sergeant is so funny because so, it's the guy the, from Full Metal Jacket. The story behind that is when Peter Jackson wrote it, he wrote it as a Full Metal Jacket type drill sergeant. That was how uh, it was. Oh yeah. Um. And he just expected to cast some, you know, New Zealand actor. Yep. In that role, when Zemeckis got on board, he sent it to the guy that plays the drill sergeant, and he's like, "Hell yes, I'm in." Hell yeah. So good, like, and that, again, That's that really kicks cool. it up. That kicks the whole movie up to that next level of does. awesomeness. I also had Jake Busey as Johnny, who is the serial killer. <sighs> he, without him hamming it up to the way that he does, the reveal of him being death, I don't think would have been as good because it's just a random guy. Yeah, but his attitude and just manicness fits the, like a serial killer. The vibe. one thing that takes me that out of that is why he is death and not talking for that first bit. If yeah, that makes sense, like it's like yeah, he's, I guess he's so. made that, and I guess we've seen it with the drill sergeant where he can change yeah, he costumes can change and whatnot. Yeah. But it, it's a bit of a once once they punch him and cut the cloak off him, it's like why? he goes back to just being the ghost. Like why wasn't he just the ghost all the whole time, or why couldn't he go back to being the Reaper for the finale? Or also another thing I've just thought about: the Reaper flies around. Michael flies for uh, Frank. Go, yeah, Michael Frank. flies for a bit, but. The ghosts walk around in this movie. 
They yeah, none, don't, of the, none of the others try and fly or anything, they really, don't, do they? They don't try. They're just like, hey, can I get a lift with you so that I can get there? And it's just like... Yeah. Well, that's bizarre because, it's like... Interesting choices. The Sixth Sense had ghosts who did that, too. But, like, yeah. these go Like, they no, they don't fly. Oh, they don't fly. They, they oh, walk yeah, yeah, around. Okay. I thought you meant that flew. No, I, no, like, no. I don't remember him flying. But the ghosts in this look like your typical stereotypical yeah, yeah. ghost, so you would expect them to just lift off, or just Or just appear and disappear. Yeah, like but not, no, they yeah. don't. Um, one other note I had quickly just on the actors. Yeah. I always thought that the Lucy character was played by Andy McDowell, who was – she was in The Fly. That's where you'll remember her from. Oh, I thought the same thing. Yeah, I not, thought it's the not exact her. same – I, yeah, I know. I only until out, watching this movie the other night, I realized it wasn't her. I was like, oh, wait, that's not Andy McDowell. That's someone else. First glance, I thought the same thing. I've thought it for 30 years. Like, I, <laughs> I swear to God, that was I'm Andy so McDowell. I'm so sorry you had to figure it out now. Yeah, I literally figured it out now. Um, oh, how did that's funny. it perform? What? Again, we need. Oh, we, musical. We need, yeah, score. We, need, we need bigger. We need someone better than me to come up with the musical. I feel like I can get someone in. Yeah, I'll you, figure if, it you out. Can, if you can word them up. because uh, So the budget for this movie was $26 million. Uh, the box office, it only took $29 million at the box office. Um, okay. Now, Robert Zemeckis and Peter Jackson wanted the movie released in October for Halloween, which Would a ghost movie makes sense. Uh, but Universal Studios insisted on a big summer release, and that was mostly blamed for its poor box office performance because who wants to see a horror movie you know, yeah. in April? Like, yeah. um, Same thing happened to, and I know we're going to do it in a couple of weeks for Halloween, Hocus Pocus was the yep. exact same thing. It was released in like February. Um, oh, and pe- like people that didn't go and see it. It's like, well, it's a Halloween movie. Like it should be released on Halloween. Like doesn't make any uh, sense. Yeah, okay. Um, so that was half the reason they think that yeah, it didn't do as well as it could because, as we said, it's a perfect storm of a film. Like mm. if marketed properly, which this movie again wasn't. No. Um, and Peter Jackson reportedly very upset about that as well. Um, like this should have been. It would have racked in a huge movie. It would have racked in a lot. If this was released over Halloween and marketed as Michael J. Fox fights ghosts. Yeah, Did you? everybody's going to Everyone see that. Would have gone in. Hell yeah! Right. Um, into the interesting facts, Peter Jackson and oh, sorry, interesting facts. <laughs> um, Peter Jackson and co-writer Fran Walsh, who's actually his partner in real life, uh, they wrote the script as a treatment, sent it to Hollywood, where it got the attention of Robert Zemeckis. Uh, but it was originally meant as an episode of HBO's Tales from the Crypt. That yeah, I heard about that. That would have been that would have been Which, interesting, um, and it makes sense. It does, but Zemeckis felt that it would. Work better as a feature length film. And it did. I'm interested to see it actually as a short. Short. Mm. Then it might need to take a book out of Sin City and just do a make little, it little chapters. It. Yeah. Um, oh, I've got a funny one. <laughs> a funny fact. So yes. Michael. I if I've got this one as well. Michael forgot a couple of times on set yes, what, so movie, my next what, note. what movie he was doing. And so for the. Sergeant, or who was it? Judge. The judge it the for the judge. Yeah. judge. He would mis say the name and he wouldn't yell out judge. He would accidentally yell out doc, doc. from Back to the Future. Which, if you look at the character, the judge has the long, wispy hair, yeah. sort of big hat, like, like Doc had in Back to the Future 3. But it makes it funnier, though, because the character of. Um, judge wasn't on set for both of those times. Oh. It was just the camera. So the fact that he was just, just, there's one in, in that the, mode. There's just one in particular where it, the camera's pulled out and then it zooms in and he turns around and he just, yeah, dark. 
oh shit, I did it again. <laughs> and then the funniest part is just the crew is just Losing cracking up in the back. But I just found that really, really funny. Well, we mentioned cameos before. Peter Jackson actually has a cameo as himself. Yes, he does. Um, he's the man with all the piercings that Frank bumps into on the street, mm-hmm. all the tattoos, the big biker-looking guy. Um, shooting for this movie lasted six months which is a lot longer scheduled than it's usually approved for for a studio. Part of the reason for that, though, uh, was that every scene with the ghost had to be shot twice, both once on set and then once makes on sense. blue screen so that they could achieve yep. the see-through. That makes sense. Uh, we did mention Danny Elfman before who did mm-hmm. the score for this. He uh, offered to compose the movie without even knowing what it was about, Oof. purely because he was a huge fan of Peter Jackson's earlier movie, Heavenly Creatures. There you go. Um, it actually, and this is a sad one, it wound up being Michael J. Fox's last leading role in a movie. Yeah. Um, so they shot this in New Zealand because that's where obviously Peter Jackson lived. That's where he did Lord of the Rings as well. Yeah. Um, it made Michael J. Fox miss his family too much. So when it wrapped, he took the lead in Spin City on TV mm-hmm. because it allowed him to stay local. He didn't have to travel anywhere to film. Yeah, he enough. was home with his family the whole time. And that was then the last thing that, that was he did. the last thing, obviously, because he uh, the Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Well, it's not no no. He did a TV show. There was another one recently, but... um, and it was about him. Oh well, no! It's about the character having Parkinson's. That's uh, he did a um, he did a documentary called no, Still. Not that. No, no, oh. no, no. This is going back. I want to say five or six years ago. It was a sitcom. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. I'll find it for you. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. I I'll, swear I'll, I should know this. Um, but I and don't. it was about a professional and family man who has Parkinson's, and it's I need to like, watch. It was played off as a comedy as well. It was really good, but he only I think they only did two seasons because he was getting uh, the condition was getting yeah. worse and he was really struggling. I I really also I said it then still the documentary that he's just done. Yeah. I really want to get around to watching. Yeah, same. That. I haven't seen it yet I either. Really and I'm watch that. I'm really keen to see that as well because uh, as I think anyone listening to the show knows, we love Michael J. Fox. So. We love that man. Um, and we mentioned earlier as well. You know, Weta obviously did the uh, the Weta workshop did the visual effects on this film, and they went on to work on Lord of the Rings with yep. Peter Jackson as and well, and Kong. scored themselves Oscars and a huge critical acclaim mm-hmm. through that. As we said. Bring them back. Let's let's update the visuals on this movie. <laughs> All right, Josh, final thoughts on The Frighteners. Final thoughts. What are, you, what are your final thoughts? Overarching this, thoughts of the film. This movie has the charm to it. The The charm is yep. just a thing where I, I can't explain it, but it's, it's just a thing that I'm just like, this, it makes, it's warm, it's happy, it's got. Is that the movie? Know. Or is that Michael J. Fox? No, because it's the movie. Are you sure? It happens for like so. Say for instance, I just watched Bullet Train. Yes. The other the other day, yep. and that gave me the same feeling. Okay. However, there was one part in it that then made me lose like yeah. just the story, and I was just like, uh. I was just like, okay. But it was literally only that one part. Yep. And but for the rest of the movie, I was like, this just has that charm. charm. And I was like, I love this. Yeah. Whereas it doesn't happen for every single movie. I was going to say, there's not many movies, especially now, I guess we probably don't get those mm. sort of movies. Like you look back 80, late 80s, early every 90s, 80s a lot of, movie those, that a lot I of those watch, movies had though that charm. To every, them. every 80s movies that I, uh, that I watch, except for like the major, the handful that yeah, aren't yeah, yeah. the best. But if you would give me an 80s movie, I will say that that movie has the charm. And, maybe, and this movie has and the I charm. And I think because this movie was, again, like some of the other horror movies and stuff we've done, like it's a very much an homage to some of those earlier, those mm. B movies and stuff that yeah. Peter Jackson obviously loved and loved making with his friends when he was a young filmmaker and that sort mm. of stuff. It's Maybe also, that's where that comes from. Like uh, it's, yeah. he's, he's brought that into... And I um, think, though, it's also because you've got those big four as well. 
Yeah. Who do I mean? Oh, but granted, 100%. it was before some of their better stuff. But well, only Peter Jackson. Everyone else is on top of the world. Really, I mean, you think yeah, Robert true. Zemeckis, Michael yeah, okay, Fox, no, Danny Elfman. They're like Danny Elfman's just done Nightmare. The Simpsons theme and Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Um, he would have and done. Beetlejuice. Like he's done all and those. He would have done Edwards. Edwards. Hands. Yeah, like, okay. he, he's on a roll. It's um, only really just Peter. Peter Jackson that's on the way up at that. And he's done Bad Taste. He's done Heavenly Creatures. So he's. On yeah. the rise, he's not Lord no, of the Rings. Peter just, Jackson yet, but I don't know. This movie just has the charm. If you hear me say it again, I ho- <laughs> hopefully you understand what it means. I no, I don't I, even understand. I hundred percent. I get what you mean. Like, but um, if you haven't watched this movie yet, you won't understand. I think if you watch this movie, you'll understand. What it just it just has a charm, and then also just the plot itself. Yeah, it was just very refreshing. Like it's a ghost movie with ghosts. Um, stereotype things that happen in it, it kind of thing with but scares, but it has a plot. It has a. It's a very interesting plot, and it's yeah, you again. You don't probably see horror movies like this much more anymore. No. It's like you know, hack and slash, hack and slash. There's not really any. And this is dark and light. Yeah, it's not just either full dark or full light. I would say the last time it's, it feels like a, it feels like a zombie land. I was gonna I was gonna go as far as say Ghostbusters. See, I never see Ghostbusters as a horror movie. Really? I can't. I've never found I never found Ghostbusters scary. So what, I What it, age did you first watch Ghostbusters? Out of interest. How old were you do you reckon when you first saw Ghostbusters? Were you a kid kid or were you early teens sort of thing? I was like t- 10 to 12. Okay. But I I've just never Oh, no, hold on cuz I remember I Now hold on. I take back my statement no. only for the dogs. The terror dogs yep. are the only thing that scared me for like <laughs> The first viewing, but yep. then after that, I didn't care. The librarian ghost always got me. It still no, gets me that, from time to that time. That one didn't. But yeah, so um, Ghostbusters, I've always just shoved right into sci-fi. Yeah, okay. I never yeah, found yeah, it scary. Yeah. Um, but no, it. I yeah, I can agree. It's like, like a, I feel like that tonal, like yeah. that, and again the charm. Yeah. It shares it with that. It's so, the charm. All right, we're getting ready to wrap it up. Can you review this movie in one sentence? <laughs> We need someone. We to really get need someone. Please else to get do us this, music now. <laughs> um, can I review it in one sentence? Well, with the parallel to Ghostbusters, I think it's just if Marty McFly was a rejected Ghostbuster. Yes, yes, I love it. That, yeah, that actually, that's that's a perfect way to describe this movie, and that's yep. what I mean. Like, it does oh, and death comes to town. <laughs> that's yeah, it. Death comes to town. Yep, no, I like it. I rate yep. it highly. All right, we are going to wrap it up there. Uh, another episode of It's About Time You Watch This. We're back next week. Next week we're going, well, very different to this week. A big tonal shift. We're a very big tonal shift. We are going cheerleading comedies. That's right, we are tackling Bring It On next Bring week. Bring it on. Cannot wait. We'll talk to you then for another episode of It's About Time You Watch This. You've been listening to It's About Time You Watch This, a creative podcast.